is up, you fantastic weirdos. Welcome to the Weirdoverse. I am your host, J.D. Ross, and you are tuned into Weirdwide, your favorite digital cult. Hope everybody's doing okay today. I uh, hope everybody had a nice uh, Memorial Day, got together with some family. I'm recording this uh, literally a couple hours before I leave for uh, my little mini vacation. Uh, excited going to see some family, going to see some friends. I hope you all did the same. So I guess this is me talking to you from the past to the future, but as you'll see, it'll be in the present coming from the past, wishing you a happy Memorial Day. A joke never gets old, does it? So I am super excited. Today we are going to be uh, bringing back one of my favorite topics, one of the uh, one of the topics that the Weirdo Verse is totally based on. Uh, we are talking about aliens today. Specifically, we're going to be getting into alien abduction. We're going to be looking at the story of a set of twin sisters who have been experiencing alien abduction their entire lives. We're going to be getting into that in a second here. Before we do that, I do feel like we should check in with everyone's favorite little disembodied alien, Larry. You know, I do just feel the need to point out that I kind of almost feel like I'm a sidekick here, but we all know that I'm the real star of the show. Star of the show. Larry, all you really do is like a funny quip with me in the in the intro. Like you're more of a mascot for the show, really. I suppose mascot is better than sidekick. See, buddy, there you go. Chin up. All right, well, Larry's in his feelings a little bit today, so that sucks. Uh, I guess, you know, one thing that could make Larry a little bit happier is if you went to the show's official website, www.weirdwide.com. It's the official home of Weird Wide on the interwebs. You can get every episode that Weird Wide is released. You can also subscribe and get episodes sent directly to you as they're released. So see, Larry, you got a purpose. All right, so unnecessary plugs aside, let's quit with this nonsense and let's get into it. All right, now the story that we're looking at today is maybe one of the more terrifying in the realm of alien abduction because it isn't just a single occurrence. So today we're going to be looking at identical twins, Debbie and Audrey Hewins of Massachusetts. Uh, they've been living with alien abduction their entire lives. It began in childhood and continues even to this day. They have managed to kind of turn a negative into a positive, though, as uh, we will get to later in the episode. So let's dig into where it all started. So Debbie and Audrey began to experience these occurrences around the age of five, if not sooner than that. Like, it might be just as far back as they can remember. So let's set the scene. It's the middle of the night. These two girls, four or five years old, super young, right? The world hasn't corrupted their pristine little minds just yet. They probably had a really fun day just playing with, uh, you know, other kids, playing around, running around, just being kids, you know? And they're settled into bed for a peaceful night's sleep. Doesn't that sound nice? Doesn't that sound perfect? Don't you miss that? Don't even lie. All of you miss that. I miss that shit. Problem was, it wasn't to stay perfect. Now, all of a sudden, this peaceful night slumber is interrupted by this blue light that filled the room. Then the bedroom door slowly creeped open, so seemingly on its own, and this foggy pale bluish light began to like kind of fill the rest of the house as well like dude i'm an adult and this would fucking terrify me like this shit is my worst nightmare imagine being a five-year-old and this happening to you now accompanying the strange lights would be this noise that they've described as kind of like a buzz or like kind of incoherent disembodied voices kind of like mine that's right larry just like yours now here's the messed up part is like during this whole thing, they would be paralyzed. Like they've described this light and the buzzing or something, some combination of the two as like paralyzing. They could still see, they could still hear and sense everything, but they can't actually move at all. And then after some time, 
two cloaked figures would enter the room. Debbie and Audrey refer to them as the bald men. That's what they've always called them. One of the two was taller, but both had big bulbous heads, gray skin, and kind of large eyes. Your classic grays. I'm going to be honest too, man. Like the grays, honestly, they are the ones that terrify me the most. Like if I had a choice, like if I had to choose between like any types of aliens showing up at my, in, in my bedroom, like and I had to choose between like Nordics, reptilians, grays, anything like that. Like grays are the absolute last things I'm picking. I would rather a literal giant lizard man show up in my fucking bedroom than the grays. They freak me out so fucking much. So this is like, dude, their story is absolutely terrifying. From there, the bald men would proceed to abduct them. And like I said, they described being paralyzed so they couldn't resist. But then they would start literally levitating and then kind of floated out of the room. And they've said that they would actually pass through walls and ceilings and other, other like solid objects, just like go right through it. And then they would find themselves on a ship. Both Debbie and Audrey have said that they've been together on ships. They've been like alone on ships. You know, they've had different experiences, sometimes together, sometimes separately. But they've definitely had some together where they were on a ship. Debbie is quoted as saying, I remember one time being on a spaceship and standing there on the spaceship and the floor and the walls disappeared. And I was staring at the earth. So Debbie is literally like just in this room, like on a ship. And then all of a sudden the walls and you know, it all just fades away. She's just standing there like floating, staring at the earth. Now, as if that wasn't bad enough, these encounters would continue uh, throughout their childhood and into adulthood. Obviously, these experiences didn't do well for the twins. Uh, they were severely traumatized, constantly trying to avoid going to sleep. They would always tell their parents that the bald men were going to get them. Uh, they were going to come for them. But, the, you know, the, the parents, they didn't listen. You know, like the parents would just brush it off. Typical, you know, thinking it was just typical kid stuff. Like, you know, we're just, you know, they're just trying to avoid bedtime. They're just making shit up. So that's got to be even tougher if you're like, you know, a child and you're just experiencing this over and over. And then the parents are just like, I don't fucking believe you. Like, nah, there's no bald men. So apparently the parents were never messed with during these encounters. Now, Debbie and Audrey did notice that when they did get home from these encounters, from these abductions, their memories would be often fuzzy and they'd be missing and there'd be like missing pieces, uh, implying that the extraterrestrials like somehow targeted memories in their minds specifically. Um, like they both have some memories of the abduction and, um, you know, they, they, but there's, but there's definitely like, there's a fog to it. There's a lot missing, which makes them think that there was purposeful manipulation of their minds with the memories they had with the ETs. Uh, apparently at one point they did attempt to do uh, hypnotherapy, which, you know, hypnotherapy is, is sometimes, it, you know, it's been done on a lot of alien abduction cases. I'm not sure the validity of it. You know, sometimes there is, uh, you know, sometimes there is like, you know, a lot of power of suggestion things going on and, you know, you could have false memories. It's always, you know, the case, but there's also a lot of famous UFO cases where hypnotherapy, you know, did make those, these memories start to come back. The Betty and Barney Hill case is a great example of that. And when Debbie and Audrey did their hypnosis, uh, I don't know what was uncovered. I couldn't find what was actually uncovered, but apparently they uncovered some shit. Apparently they they uncovered some things in their psyche that they said were, you know, just kind of not meant to be seen, which, you know, they've been tight lipped about some of this stuff, which it just really it does make you wonder what they have experienced at the hands of these aliens. With that said, things did get turned up a notch when they were about 12. 
Uh, they say that the aliens began doing experiments on. Like I said, haven't been able to find any uh, info on the specifics of that. I'm I'm assuming there's just a lot of very personal stuff going on with these particular encounters that started when they were 12. And that's probably a lot of the stuff they, they uncovered during hypnosis. And I'm I'm betting that was a lot. I'm betting that made the the experience just a lot more traumatic for both of them to, you know, kind of have to actually relive what was purposefully you know shrouded from them. Now this is 100% conjecture. This is 100% my opinion, uh but it is at least a potential theory. Now, girls generally do start to get their period around the age of 12. So it does stand to reason that any experimentation beginning around that age would coincide with that. You know, it's just, it, it makes sense. Like, logically speaking, if, like, things changed with the alien encounters at that point, it does stand to reason that that could have been part of that process, part of that why. Again, total opinion. No idea. I haven't read anything. I haven't heard any quotes from the twins saying anything about that. Just my opinion. However, if that were the case, then that could mean that Debbie and Audrey were involved in the alien-human hybrid program. Now, I'm not going to fully go into that on this episode. That's an entire episode in itself. But, you know, basically the, the alien-human hybrid program uh, is, is a theory uh, that a lot of contactees do have uh, based on experiences they've had, some that they've, you know, again, they, they know about or they relive through hypnosis, whatever. But basically the, the basic gist is like aliens, for, for whatever reason, through evolution, through genetic engineering, they are either losing their ability to reproduce or, you know, there's issues with it and they are starting to involve humans. Or there's also, you know, theory, you know, the, 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 so many reasons why there's an alien human hybrid program, you know, who knows? But basically the idea is that, you know, sperm would be taken from men. And so a lot of times like women who are abducted are, you know, forced to carry, a, you know, an alien human baby to term. Uh, a lot of times, you know, that you've heard stories of like, you've heard stories of, you, know, you hear stories in this, in this particular case about, you know, like, like them being made to hold the baby. And it's like this weird, just like, you know, somewhere between gray alien and human and, you know, the, the aliens study like how to mother it and different things like that. Like I said, completely just like potential opinion, not even an opinion, just a theory as to what could be possibly going on here. Because, like, I'm just saying, like, like, like I said, 12 just lines up with that. You know, getting that, that time of the month, starting that, you know, be, girl, you'll be a woman soon. Totally, totally makes sense, in my opinion. Now, I do have to imagine that Debbie and Audrey's relationship with the aliens, they prefer to be called extraterrestrials or ETs, but, you know, I, I got to imagine the relationship is pretty complicated. Uh, because while they have caused massive PTSD, it also doesn't feel like they mean the two any harm. And I say that because at one point, Audrey was drowning and her life was saved by what she described as a non-human entity. Uh, and this is actually what convinced her to share their story, to get started on some way to have a, give a voice to these encounters, which is uh, what led to them. Somewhere around 2006, uh, I'm not, I'm a little fuzzy on the exact dates, but that's when they were actually contacted by these creatures and they were told that they were supposed to start a support group for contactees. 
So they began contacting like MUFON, the mutual UFO network to gain exposure and network of people in the UFO world. Uh, MUFON is like one of the more well-known like UFO organizations, even back then, this was in the seventies, I believe, uh, maybe even eighties when this, you know, when this was happening, uh, side note on, on MUFON, which is, this does suck because like I said, they are one of the oldest UFO based organizations in the world. And I always thought they were, you know, just, they, they were a cool bunch. Cause like, you know, all civilian, they're all civilian volunteers and they're just looking for aliens. You know, they're like, I believe they're nonprofit status. So they're, they're, you know, to me, I always thought they were just out here. Like, just, just like, yeah, we're just looking for aliens. But I found out when I was researching this episode, they've kind of fallen into the classic conspiracy group trap of like weirdly going down like an alt-right rabbit hole and kind of like down the Q route. So fuck move on. Anyway, so on their new journey of facing down this reality, they would go on to form an organization that came to be known as Starborn Support. And before we get into Starborn Support, it looks like we got a call coming in. Caller, you're on the air. You do. Hamdo, Meteora na moj krov. Ja sam, ja sam mislio da su mi prijatelji. A on nije moj prijatelj. Ali ja ću njega vratiti ko prijatelja ako on kaže da će prestati pucati meteore na moj krov. Razumiješ ti mene, jede? Zovi me kasnije. Alright, well, that was Hamdo. Haven't heard from Hamdo for a while. He sounded sad on that one, didn't he? He sounded a little sad. Still have no idea what Hamdo is talking about. Hamdo keeps calling. Maybe one day the mystery of Hamdo will be revealed. All right, now back to Debbie and Audrey. So the foundation they created, Starborn Support, was created as kind of a support group for contact contactees, anyone who's experienced alien abduction. Now, something I find really interesting is that Debbie says the name Starborn Support was actually given to them by the ETs themselves. So to me, there's a lot of clues in that. So abductees are constantly wondering, like, why them? Like, what's the reasoning for choosing me? Why am I constantly being taken? That's a constant question that alien abductees are take, are, are asking. Like I said, I mentioned the alien-human hybrid program earlier, and of course, that could be a factor. But to me, the name Starborn makes me wonder if it's possible that the humans twins and maybe other contactees have some kind of familial heritage that comes from beyond the earth. Uh, you know, just with a name like Starborn, to me, given the name Starborn by the aliens, like, it just, it just, it, it, like, there's a lot of clues in that. To me, there's something, there might be something to that. So, you know, is it possible that, you know, the reason, the why, is because, you know, contactees like Debbie and Audrey are not from earth, you know, originally, or they have some kind of, you know, maybe they were, maybe they're like a, a, a part of the alien human hybrid program in some way that started be, before they were conceived. We don't fucking know. We have no idea. But like I said, with a name like Starborn, I don't know. Makes sense to me. Now, obviously, since founding Starborn, uh, Debbie and Audrey uh, have raised their profiles within the UFO community. Uh, and thanks to a special and inside edition, we have a little bit more info on the organization as well as some of the ex like experiences that they've had 
as adults. You know, so Debbie tells a story of a female alien that came to her one night named Maki. Uh, she came one night, uh, she tried to hide from Debbie, actually. Uh, but like Debbie saw the shadow kind of scurry across the room. And she's literally like, you know, I know you're here. And Maki comes out and takes her hand, which like she said was cold and clammy. So here's Debbie just staring into the eyes of this alien sitting like on her bed with her, holding her hands. And she's just like staring into like face to face with this alien, having this like entire conversation with her. Now they, it was described as just like Larry here, a disembodied voice. Apparently they don't speak vocally, but they speak to like through telepathy. Debbie said that Maki's skin was kind of translucent pink and it was kind of swirling almost like mercury to add even more to the mystery. Debbie says they can even shape shift and that she's actually witnessed them morph right in front of her. Sometimes going from like, you know, kind of human looking to gray alien to, you know, one time, even a giant lizard just standing there, which again, you know, this, there's so many clues. This is like, Really, one of the more interesting cases on alien abductions, because you could almost you could almost put this as like a textbook case of alien abductions, because all the parts are there. There's missing time. There's foggy memory over the whole thing. There's an overarching mystery. Now, there's not just gray aliens, but now you've got a reptilian involved, which goes into the whole theory of like the different alien races working together for different reasons, but like working in conjunction with each other you know the greys come and take her and there's a reptilian on the ship for some reason why we don't know the inside edition piece uh introduced us to matthew moniz who is a scientific advisor for starborn uh moniz is a harvard graduated scientist so he knows he knows his shit he's like a real smart dude he met the twins at a conference in 2012 uh when he stood up and apparently revealed for the first time i too am an experiencer I do got to say, like Mona, like Matthew Mona, is, he, he's cool as shit. He looks like he looks like, like he's got definitely a hippie look to him. Uh, he kind of lives on like what looks like kind of a uh, more rural property. So like he's definitely got like he's definitely got like an uh, older hippie vibe to him. So I really I dig it. I dig it. Uh, now, Mona is also a lifelong contactee. They were like I said, they were on his property filming. He's just casually talking about like all the different experiences he's had on the on the property. Um, you know, different, you know, encounters with aliens just on the property. And he's so, so numb to it at this point. It's crazy. Like, it's just like, yeah, this just happens. And the film crew started having all these uh, technical issues and stuff. And he's like, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, you know, he had to get this special watch just so that it wouldn't short out because anything electronic just totally fucks up. He said he goes through cell phones, like, you know, constantly. Any electronic equipment is just like not safe around there. And it gives you this kind of strange sense of constantly being surveilled by these beings. It's, it's just creepy as fuck. But, like, this guy is literally just like, yeah, I'm, I'm used to it by now. And he tells this story of uh, when he had a girlfriend at one point that moved in, and he didn't tell her about any of this stuff. And the way she finds out is when they go to return him, and she wakes up to find him just levitating over the bed. Obviously, she freaks the fuck out, and he's just like, yeah, by the way, I'm an alien abductee. This happens quite a bit. Uh, that relationship did not work out. And Matthew goes on to make a great point about how, like, con- contactees are often accused for, like, of attention-seeking. And he's like, this is not the attention you want. Like, a lot of people don't realize that, like, experiences like this, like, a lot of the, like, really famous, like, alien abduction cases, 
yes, there's exposure, but it's not the kind of exposure that you want. It's, this actually ruins people's lives. It can affect like your health mentally and physically. It can affect your finances, everything. Like it really can ruin your life. This is not something you want. Now, as far as the group itself goes, they showed a little bit on the uh, Inside Edition piece. Uh, you know, they have these people. They're, they're really at this point, like, you know, you've got these people that have come together under these extremely traumatic circumstances. But there's this really good energy among them. Uh, they seem to have a lot of fun at get togethers and they kind of act like a proper family. It's really it's really cool, actually. They even have this one part where they kind of go out to like the, you know, the beach or a lake or whatever that was near the property they were on. And they're literally just like, we're going to we're going to just like fuck around. Like, you know, it's like late at night, like you know, early hours in the morning. They're like, we're going to just see if we can. Uh, we're going to just see if we can contact them. So they're literally out there with like flashlights and you know just signaling shit. And then like they, they were like, yeah, this they, all the time you, you'll see stuff. I don't know if there actually was anything on that inside edition piece, but like that was another creepy thing about it is they were like, if the aliens don't want you to see it, you won't see it. So they only make themselves known to people that they want to make themselves known to. Just fucking crazy. Now, Starborn began as uh, just a hotline for contactees to call, but it's evolved into a full-blown functioning support organization. Uh, they've got 12 chapters uh, across the East Coast and some in Latin America. Uh, and the hotline is still active. The creepiest part, because they still man the hotline, the creepiest part is like one of the most common times for the hotline number to ring is at 3.33 in the morning. And they said specifically 3.33 in the morning, which is apparently a pretty popular time to be returned from an abduction, which like just adds to the creepy factor of this whole thing. Because like, I don't know if anybody ever like wakes up at three in the morning, like three in the morning freaks me the fuck out. Like there is something like if it's two or four, no, no issue. But like around three in the morning, there is a vibe. I do not care for and like this just adds this whole extra layer to the whole thing of like just the idea of like just like people being returned specifically at 333 in the morning fucking crazy the people will call they call the hotline like right after an abduction like fresh from an abduction freaking the fuck out which is understandable and they really just want someone to like listen and believe them which like Debbie and Audrey that's what this service provides. It's really pretty awesome, actually. They, they literally like provide the support for these people who have nowhere else to turn to. Like, like, you know, if you do get abducted by aliens, you really don't have anywhere to turn to. Like, it's so hard to just be like, yeah, I was abducted by aliens. So it's really it's really pretty cool. That they have like an organization they could turn to for things like that. Debbie and Audrey are still doing their work with Starborn. Uh, and like many others, uh, they're just they're just searching, just like many of us. They're just searching at this, you know, at this point, they're looking for answers. They say there are still visitations, but there's a lot more visions these days. Uh, they believe that the aliens are still communicating with them and they're sending these visions. One thing that makes, in my opinion, makes this story more believable is, like I said, it's 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 almost a textbook abduction scenario. It's just it's got every single factor of an alien abduction that's ever been reported. It's like the proto abduction case. And one of the things that like kind of nails that home is like the messages they're receiving these days are very on par with what a lot of long term alien abductees have said. Audrey and Debbie don't believe that they're here for nefarious reasons like an invasion or conquering us or enslaving us or anything like that. Audrey says the planet is very, very sick. 
people have lost touch with it. You know, she goes on to talk about like pollution, uh, oil and gas and, you know, in the ground and the sea and the sea and the air and all that losing animals to extinction. And she says the planet being destroyed would have a domino effect throughout the universe. And that's not going to be allowed, which, you know, like, that's interesting. Like, you know, there's this like thought that if the earth is destroyed, then that affects like the galactic ecosystem in some way. I don't know how, but that's very interesting. You know, they've been shown premonitions of earthquakes, volcanoes, wildfires, floods, civil unrest, you know, fucking pandemics, social, you know, societal breakdowns. And all of these things are becoming entirely too common. And we just, and seem to be getting worse and worse. And we all just seem to be getting kind of numb to it. But again, like so many of these abduction cases, this is a warning. It's a warning to humanity to get our shit together. So are the aliens here to conquer us, enslave us? Or are they here to save our pitiful little caveman race? And if they are here to save us, is it for them or is it for us? Do they need us to continue their own civilization through the alien human hybrid program or some kind of other nonsense that, you know, maybe nobody knows about some kind of weird secret underground program? Who the fuck knows? Nobody knows for sure. For now, all we can do is keep watching the skies and wait. Well, thanks for getting weird with me, weirdos. Like I said, I hope everybody had a great Memorial Day. Don't forget to go online. The official home of Weirdwide is www.weirdwide.com. Like I said, you know, you can you can find uh, all kinds of fun stuff on there. Every episode ever released, you can subscribe to the newsletter and get sent e- episodes directly to you. I'm going to be expanding it as I can. Like I said, yeah, I've said before, I'm a one man band here. Uh, you know, so as I can, I'll be expanding it. I'll be you know, putting character profiles of, you know, all the different weirdo verse characters on the, on the website, different things like that. So check that out. It's pretty cool. You're going to love it. I think, I think it looks cool too. And you know, just being honest, you should go check it out. Just go check it out. If you like what you're hearing, you feel so compelled. Also be awesome. If you were to leave a five-star review on Apple podcasts, it helps visibility helps the show. Um, and it's just really nice. You know, it's a little bit of free validation. You know, if you, if you want to make someone's day, if you want to make a, a, a podcaster's day, that's the way to do it. So go on onto Apple Podcasts, leave a five star review. If you're following on YouTube, uh, you, you prefer to you prefer the video over the audio. That's awesome. Don't forget to follow the follow the channel. Don't forget to leave a comment. Tell your friends about it. You know, tell your friends about the show. Uh, if you want, you can also email the show at weirdwidepodcast@gmail.com. Send me some weird stories. You know, if you've got your own alien abduction story or uh, maybe you know ghost story, maybe you met Bigfoot at a fucking diner one time. I want to hear about it. We're going to read those on the air in the future with uh, some weird news update episodes with Natalie and the ghost. And you can also check out my socials. I'm on uh, Instagram and TikTok as uh dudist weirdo. You can also find the uh, weird wide Facebook page, uh, you know, posting stuff on there. Uh, so yeah, go on and check all that out. Uh, like I said, tell your friends about us, tell your friends about the show. We need more Kool-Aid drinkers in this cold. So your, your homework is to tell two friends, tell two friends, recommend, recommend two friends to the show, get them listening. Harass them. Be aggressive with them. Like, don't just recommend the show. Like, make them think that if they don't listen to the show, that you're going to get a little bit aggressively violent with them. But don't get violent. Just make them think that. You know, that's that's what you got to do. Two people. I love you all. Don't forget to tune in next week for more Strangeness. And until then, keep it weird.